The Medallion, Chapter 21 Kate sat on the bed, thinking through what the old woman had told her about the price on Corvin's head. Tirith had said the girl Corvin was traveling with was a good fighter, so hopefully she would protect him from the bounty hunters. A key rattled in the bedroom door and Kate slipped from the bed, wrapping the blanket tightly around her. As she reached out to the door, it burst open and the old woman staggered into the room, clutching at Kate and tearing the blanket from her body. Kate yanked it back as the woman collapsed at her feet and rolled onto her back, her eyes wild with fear. Shut the door, she whispered hoarsely. Don't let him inside. Kate glanced at the door. No one was there, not even the guard. Shut it, shut it. The old woman croaked as she tried to drag herself further into the room. Kate jumped past her and checked the empty hallway. There's no one there. You're safe now. Never safe. No one is safe now. The door is broken. Kate crouched down beside her. It's all right. I closed the door. The woman clutched at Kate's shoulder and Kate winced. Don't let him in. Those terrible eyes. Keep it locked. Who? In the chamber. Her voice contorted. He wants it back. What are you? The key. He wants your key. The old woman held up Kate's medallion and her wrinkled face took on a deathly pall in the green light. Thrusting the disc into Kate's hand, she squeezed her own around it until the points dug in. The old woman's voice lowered to an unearthly growl. He wants you. The door slipped open and a cold breeze swept across the floor. The old woman screamed and pushed herself against the bed. A shadow appeared in the opening and she screeched again. Kate jumped to her feet. An older rebel soldier appeared in the hallway. What's going on in here? Kate gestured behind her at the old woman. She was afraid, so she came in here. The soldier strode over to the side of the bed, bent down and shook his head. Whatever frightened her was more than her old heart could take. He straightened up and pointed out the door. You'd best wait across the hall in her room while I get help to remove the body. We don't need any of those young idiots ogling you the whole time instead of helping me. I'll let you know when the job is done. Kate ran across the hall and through the open door on the other side. Shutting it tight, she leaned her back against the stone. The room was as cold as Corbin's back porch in the dead of winter. Opening her hand, she let the green glow of the medallion light up the room. The old woman must have been transported to the chamber, and someone she met there had literally scared her to death. Someone who had come through the broken door. Kate searched the room for clothes or food, but there wasn't any to be found. Someone rapped on the door, and it opened slightly, revealing the older soldier. They are done. He opened the door wide. You can come back now. Kate hesitated, and he stepped away from the door to let her pass. You don't need to worry about the younger soldiers. I will be guarding your room from now on. He smiled, but his eyes were full of sorrow. I had a daughter your age, but they took her away. He pointed down the hallway to where it opened into a wider cavern. Our Corvan accuses the palace in Kadir, but I believe it is the Rakash. They come on the nights of deepest dark and take away our young women, his voice caught. I believe they want them for counterparts, to have Rakash children so they can take over the entire Corps. Kate nodded but didn't completely grasp what the soldier was saying. This was a horrible place if people were kidnapping girls to have children for them. Rakash. She shivered at the word. The soldier tried to smile. I should not cause you more distress. Do not worry. No one will get past me. He eased the door shut behind her. Kate crossed to the window and looked up at the blue globes on the ceiling of the cavern. Jorid had said it was almost a night of deepest dark, and her guards said that was the time when the Rakash would be out looking for girls to kidnap. Could the Rakash climb up the cliffs to this window? 
How could she be safe in here if her guard's own daughter had been taken away? Kate jumped at the knock on her door. Her guard stood in the doorway. I am sorry for disturbing you. Our Corvan was informed of the death of your lady-in-waiting. He offers you a replacement so you can be ready in time for your wedding. The door opened wider and a young girl in a long blue tunic was escorted into the room by two younger guards. One of them spoke. Our Corvan says if she gives you any trouble, just let him know and he'll have her assigned to clean the barracks. I'm sure the soldiers would be grateful for her company. A sweet young sister for all us brothers. He laughed as they backed out of the room and turned down the hall. The older guard shook his head and pulled the door shut with a solid click. The key turned in the lock. The younger girl yanked on the door till it shook, then turned to face Kate with both hands on her hips. Don't you even think of treating me like some kind of servant. I'm not serving anyone, least of all you. I'll never help Roseanne. Kate smiled wryly. I think I'm the one who's going to end up serving the rebel leader if I can't get out of here. The girl frowned. You don't want to be here? Would they keep me wrapped up only in a blanket with a guard outside the door if I wanted to stay? Kate sat on the edge of the bed. The young girl crossed over to sit beside her. I thought you wanted to marry him. Kate threw up one hand. I don't even know who him is. The latest and greatest leader of the remnant from Roseanne. They say he's tall, dark, and handsome. She grinned. Not a bad combination if you don't mind a whole lot of crazy thrown into the deal. He believes he is destined to rule the Corps and rebuild Roseanne to its former glory. Kate shook her head. I don't even know what you're talking about. Everyone here seems to assume I know what's going on. The younger girl pulled herself further onto the bed and crossed her legs. This new leader from Roseanne has been looking to snag himself a bride for some time now so he can prove he is the true ruler of the Corps, but any of the girls who weren't taken by the Rakash went into hiding. She leaned forward. Then we got news that he captured a girl, so Garrick and his grey men were sent to the City of the Dead to find her. Just as they arrive, this young guy shows up and single-handedly rescues the girl right in the middle of the wedding ceremony. They say he threw fire through the air, scared away the rebel soldiers, and disappeared into the crypts with both the rebel leader's bride and his precious tiara. The girl paused and frowned deeply. So that's where he got those jewels. Kate closed her eyes. The pieces were slowly coming together. She had been the girl in that wedding ceremony, and Jorid and another person helped her get away. Corvin? Yes, Corvin had come back to rescue her, so why did Jorid claim Corvin left her to save Tirith? Was he trying to turn her against both Corvin and Tirith? She opened her eyes to find her new lady-in-waiting still talking. That's when I snuck out of the library to visit this guy I knew who was on guard duty. Just a friend of mine, but my mother doesn't like him. We were chatting and a report comes in that a company of palace soldiers is in the streets being led by one of the Rakash who is carrying a long white scarf. Kate stiffened. The white scarf kept cropping up, and this time not from Jorid. The girl jumped off the bed. I know, I thought it was weird too. So I went to tell my mother and that's when I find everyone inside the library, including Jorid and the new guy and the girl lying on the table. The boy is telling him that his name is Corvin, but not like the rebel leader Corvan, like it's really his name. Then he says the scarf is Tirith. She paused for a quick breath. I didn't like that part. Tirith is a princess and always gets what she wants, but not this time. She glanced over her shoulder at the door and looked back at Kate with a big smile on her face. This time I found him first. He was hiding in a tree above me while I took a bath. I spotted him and he was so cute and embarrassed, but he said he didn't spy on me. We left together and escaped from the soldiers, but the bounty hunters found us anyways and... Kate put up her hand to stop her. This was so confusing, and what was Corbin doing in a tree watching this girl take a bath? 
Are you the fighter, the sister person they said was helping him? The girl's eyes sparkled. Yes, my name is Atiyah. I am one of the sisters, and the rebels never would have caught me if I hadn't been so worried about Corvin. Her face grew serious as she sat back on the bed. He ate a Lumian seed, and it's the death penalty if you get caught. Her shoulders sagged. I don't know how to help him. I don't know how to help him, so I left him sleeping by the river to find my mother. It's so very hard to get the boys to stop once they get used to the power and pleasure of the seeds. She tried to smile, but her eyes were sad. It gets them so confused. It was because of the seeds that he was thinking of Tirith the whole time he was kissing me. Kate looked away. So Corvin was in love with Tirith. Then what was he doing kissing this girl? What were these seeds, and what were they doing to him? Atia touched Kate's arm. Are you okay? You don't look great. Have they been feeding you? Not since before the old woman died. Atia jumped off the bed. You rest here and I'll see what I can find, she grinned. They can't expect you to marry an insane man on an empty stomach. Atia rapped on the door until the guard unlocked it. It took her only a few minutes to sweet-talk the older man into letting her go down to the dining area to find something to eat. She turned back to Kate, gave her a nod, and left the room. Kate gazed out the window. Corwin was out there, but this time, even if he knew she was here, he wouldn't be coming for her because he was searching for Tirith. It hurt, but she couldn't blame Tirith for Corvin's actions. She couldn't completely blame Corvin either. Tirith was much prettier and a princess as well. It was time to face reality and let Corvin go, not that he ever belonged to her in the first place. Lying back, she stared at the ceiling. This new girl, Atia, was upset with Corvin for eating the seeds. Now not only were the rebels looking for him, but he was also in deep trouble with the law in this gloomy world. As much as she didn't want to go to the chamber and meet whoever scared the old woman, she needed to find out what Tirith had heard about Corvin. Kate closed her eyes, but there wasn't much chance of sleeping. She was too hungry and too worried about everything going on around her. Pulling the covers over her head, she studied the glow of the medallion in her hand. Why can't I just say, take me to the chamber? It would be a lot easier. She touched the center of the star and immediately she was standing in the small round anteroom. Touching the medallion again, she was instantly back under the covers. Uncovering her head, she tried it again, but nothing happened. Diving back under the covers, she said nothing, touched the center of the star, and immediately was back in the round room. Kate stepped tentatively into the council chamber. The room beyond the shattered door was a bit brighter this time. She could see along its walls, but the floor was still as black as a bottomless pit. Kate gave the door a wide berth. Tira's door was still dark, but across the way there was a star glowing in a new door that she hadn't opened yet. Crossing the floor, she opened the door to reveal a young man lying on the floor in a fetal position. He wore only a dirty loincloth and his skin was streaked with grime. Every rib showed along his bruised sides. He looked like a dead lamb she had seen right after it had been stillborn, but a groan assured her this person was still alive. The body twisted. The head rolled to one side and Kate gasped. It was Corvin! He opened his mouth to speak, but the light above him went out and he vanished as the small room went dark. She called repeatedly into the darkened room, but he did not return. Kate blinked back tears as she closed his door. Corvin must be in terrible trouble if he looks so awful in the chamber. She had Corvin's medallion, so he must be a prisoner of someone else who had one. That would explain the bruises all over his body. They caught him eating those seeds and were punishing him. Running back to her own entry room, she touched her medallion and returned back under the blankets in the rebel bedroom. She had to ask Atiyah what those seeds did to people and why it was against the law to eat them. If they worked together, they could rescue Corvin. The bedroom door creaked open and latched shut. Someone wearing heavy boots walked over to stand next to the bed. Kate held her breath. 
Through a fold in the blankets at the edge of the bed, she caught a glimpse of a dirty, threadbare robe. Kate, a man's voice whispered, are you awake? It wasn't the voice of the old guard. It sounded more like the gray-eyed man with the curly hair from the chamber, the one who had been wearing the purple robe. The man touched her shoulder through the blankets. Kate, you need to wake up. We need to get you out of here. He pulled the covers down and Kate clutched at the edge of the blanket as it cleared her chin. It was the gray-eyed man and he was even more handsome in person. She felt the color creep into her cheeks. Dropping to one knee, he smiled at her across the covers. I'm so glad to see you are safe. It has taken me a long time to get inside these rebel caves. I had a few chances to sleep, but each time I did, I waited for you in my entry room outside the chamber. I heard someone scream inside. Was it you? He paused until Kate shook her head. His eyes went to her neck. Do you still have the medallion? Kate nodded and pulled the glowing star out from under the blanket. That's a relief. If that crazy leader got his hands on it, our world would completely fall apart. That's why I tried to take it from you in the cave. I'm sorry if I frightened you. Kate pulled the medallion back under the covers and felt its warmth against her skin. It was a bit uncomfortable to have him so close when she didn't have her clothes on, but she didn't want him to leave either. For the first time since coming into the core, she felt safe. Would it be okay to say that to him? He smiled at her, and Kate realized she hadn't yet said a single word to him. Voices sounded in the hall, and a key rattled in the lock. The man touched her cheek. Don't let anyone know I'm here. He dropped to the floor and slid under the bed. The bedroom door banged open, and Atiyah bounded into the room and kicked it shut. We've got to leave right away. She ran to the bed and pulled on the covers. Kate held on tight and lowered her voice. I don't have any clothes. Atiyah threw a bundle on the bed. You do now. I've been stealing things from around the caves. We can dress like the soldiers and sneak out the front gate. But we don't have much time. Get dressed. It won't work. The gate is too well guarded. The man's voice seemed to come from everywhere in the room at once. Atiyah jumped back to the door, a short sword drawn and ready. The bed bumped as the gray-eyed man slid out from under it and stood to his feet. Atiyah gave Kate an incredulous look before addressing the man. Who are you? He dusted off his cloak. My name is not important. In fact, it is better for both of us if you do not know it. Yeah, sure, the mysterious stranger with the best interests of the helpless women at heart. She walked toward the bed. How do we know you're not part of that lunatic's plan? Ask Kate. We've met before. Atiyah turned to her with raised eyebrows. Kate didn't know who he was, but he had been trying to help her. On the other hand, so had Jorid, but for his own purposes. Regardless, it would be a lot better to try and escape with this guy instead of being forced into a marriage with the rebel leader. I trust him, Atiyah, even though I don't know his name. She looked at him. Yet? He smiled back at her. For now, that is best. You will be safer if people think I'm just some soldier who wanted you for his counterpart. His smile widened and Kate found herself wondering if he was serious. With so few girls left, he might actually be interested in her. We got to call you something. You are one of the sisters? He asked. Yes, and my name's Atia. I'm not afraid to let people know it. For now, why don't the two of you call me brother? It will be best if anyone overhears us talking. He sat on the edge of Kate's bed and spoke to Atiyah. Can you tell me what you saw out there? Atiyah put the sword into its sheath. I went looking for something to eat and I found this big room with food on the table. It was good stuff too. I tried some. It turned out to be the leader's table and when I heard soldiers coming I ducked under the tablecloth. They sat down and I had a hard time not being kicked by all those dirty boots. The man nodded. That was smart. What did they talk about? Atiyah smiled at his compliment. One said that some of the hired mercenaries from Kadir are talking about going back to serve the palace now that the chief watcher is dead. Their mutiny could spread because most of the rebel soldiers are also hungry and tired. Atiyah leaned against the bedpost. 
So our wise rebel leader decided he can't wait any longer to move forward with his plans. Kate sat up. He's going to marry me right away? Atia nodded. Sort of. He is planning a wedding, but for your wedding present, he plans on killing you. The man stood. What? Atia nodded. I told you he was insane. He is dressing his elite guards in palace guard tunics. At your wedding, they'll attack, and during the fight, you'll end up getting killed. By your own dear husband, I might add. He figures his men will be so upset they will follow him to counterattack the palace right away. And with the one they all think is Tirith, she pointed at Kate, dead, Kadir will be without a ruler and it will be easy for him to take over. The palace guard will be blamed for Tirith's death since the story has been planted you decided to marry the rebel leader because you didn't want to marry the captain of the guard. Atiyah shrugged. A bit convoluted, but not bad for someone with only half a brain. She turned back to Kate. And after you are dead? The rebel leader plans to find a counterpart he can more easily bend to his will. He says Tirith is far too stubborn. Did his men buy into this plan? The man asked. We will find out shortly, my brother. Atiyah pushed away from the bed and went to unlock the door. Stepping into the hall, she smiled sweetly as she waved the key in her hand and shut it again. Our guard is still waiting for his key, but soon they are going to call him to a meeting with our great leader so that he will leave the door unguarded. It appears they don't trust him to go along with their scheme. He still has his honor, and that makes him dangerous. The man stood. We've got to get you out of here and warn Tirith about the attack. Kate held up the medallion. I've met her in the chamber. She has the medallion Jorid took for me. The man's eyes narrowed at Jorid's name, and he studied her medallion for a moment. Can you contact her again and let her know the rebels are planning to attack the city? I think so. It's possible for me to go to the chamber without sleeping if I'm covered up in the dark. I was just there when you came in. She cringed at the memory of Corvin lying on the floor. She needed to find him as soon as possible, but she didn't want to tell this man after what he said about the chamber judging people's hearts. Can we bring you back quickly if we need to? He asked. Just pull the covers down and I'll be back. Atia laughed out loud. I want to be here for that. What are you talking about? He asked. Kate grabbed the bundle of clothes. I need to get dressed first. Oh, yes. His ears turned pink as he turned and went over to look intently out the window. Atia grinned as she shook out the clothes and handed a shirt, pants, and a cloak with embroidered sleeves to Kate. She leaned in close and whispered, Where did you find him? He's kind of cute. Kate grabbed the clothes. I didn't find him. He just appeared. Atia giggled so hard she snorted. I'm going to look under your bed and see if there's one for me, too. Kate glanced at the man staring out the window. He had to be hearing what Atia was saying. Kate pulled the clothes on under the covers as Atia crossed the door and put her ear to the keyhole. The man turned around. Are you sure you can find Tirith? he asked. Yes, Kate replied. If she isn't in the chamber, should I speak with Jorid instead? He frowned. You said Tirith had Jorid's medallion. She does, but now he has the other one I found up in the caves outside a doorway above Kadir. The man nodded. That must have been the one Terran carried. I wish I could have saved him. So you are carrying two of the medallions, the glowing one and a plain silver one? I had two, but I dropped the silver one and now Tirith has it. You said she has Jord's medallion. Kate nodded. It's a bit confusing, but I think Jord's medallion and the one I found in the caves were mixed up when Jord held them both together. His eyebrows creased and he crossed the floor to sit on the bed. Kate, did you mix up the medallions or did Jord switch them on you? I'm... I'm not sure he did it on purpose. We need to know. It will tell us if we can ask him for help or if he is fully against us. He seems to be on both sides at the same time, Kate said. He nodded. That sounds like Jord. 
but to be safe I would not open his door unless there's no other way to get a warning to Tirith. I do believe he would do anything to help her. Kate slid down and began to pull the covers over her head. He grabbed her hand. If you do talk to my brother, remember the path of honor is measured by one's deeds. He released her hand and drew the blanket up over her face. Kate pulled the medallion close. Was the gray-eyed man Jorid's real brother? All this double talk about herself and Tirith, brothers and sisters, palace soldiers, rebel soldiers, was getting terribly confusing. Right now, all she knew for certain was that Corvin was in great danger and she needed to find him as soon as possible.